This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, a sixth event podcast, video event one-shots, and an additional video D&D campaign. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows and vote on the way their stories will progress. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dumb Dumbs and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pod, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merch dice today. Welcome back, initiates, to the Mythos Mysteries, a live play Pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imaginings. I am H.P. Helmfirth, your host on this journey into darkness. A secret chamber in the ruins of the Chapel of Contemplation led the mystery punchers to clues about the Corbett House and the terrible fate of their childhood friend, Sally Hawkins. 
Only by risking their sanity can they find out what other secrets the ruins may hold. So venture forth with us, dear friends, into the mythos. So, some time ago, um, a man and a woman and their two kids... <laughs> I, thought, I thought they were going to do it and have a kid, so I keep going. <laughs> ...came to Helmfirth with an idea in their mind of the life they were going to get to lead. And... The father, Vittorio, he he was just so happy because he had found the perfect house. The perfect house for all of them. It was big enough that they'd all have their own room. They'd all have their own space. Uh, he had enough room to cook, which he absolutely loved to do. Um, his wife had a lot of ideas about how to fix the place up. Uh, he wasn't very good at that sort of thing, but he knew she really kind of knew her way around. And, and if there were any things that needed fixing, she'd fix them. But they'd make it their own. And so as they, they walked up to their new house, keys in hand, he brought with him a, a small sign uh, that he'd, he'd had uh, his wife carve and just said, the Macrios family home. And with pride, he hung it right over the door. And he looked at it and he looked at his wife and his kids and he thought to himself, we're going to have a good life here. And they stepped across the threshold and though he didn't think anything of it at the time, he perhaps should have been a little bit more wary when the sign fell down behind him. You're sitting in your car, the ice cream. Adrian, you're blinking your eyes open, and suddenly you, you realize you're kind of wrapped in a blanket. You're very comfortable. You're very warm. Um, but Red and Richter are looking at you uh, with some concern. What do you think you were dreaming of? Hmm. So it's probably not a nightmare because my brain would probably try to it, put it something. It could just be a complete void. Like I'm, I'm also fully okay with that. I think yeah, this is probably like when you go under anesthetic and you just like wake up and it's just a time lapse where I thought I'd like oh I got dizzy and then I should be in the church and instead I'm in a car and surrounded by people. So you you wake up, um, but you also kind of feel a, a pressure kind of on on your chest, um, and that pressure seems to be vibrating. And then you realize that it's purring. And you look down, and there is a jet black cat with just a little bit of white under one eye curled up on your chest. Uh, sprinkles. You must have bought that mood food with the money I gave you. Uh, so, Red and Richter, which of the two of you found the cat? That would have been me. Okay. I went on a very long and very exhausting search in the rain for this goddamn cat. I can't believe this cat came to me entirely on its own. Good sprinkles. <laughs> yeah, you can hear about Red's adventure finding the cat on our Patreon. <laughs> what? It's an entirely new series called Red Finds a Cat. It's 25 episodes. It's got Claire. It's got... More a, Claire. But also a cat. You, you won't know in the audio. Patrick Stewart media. plays the cat. Anyway. He does not. We're releasing this publicly. <laughs> Dame Judy Dench <laughs> is involved. Yeah. It is. We have made the offer to her. Uh, she has not responded. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, you know, page us, Judy. Uh, anyway, so. Um, page us. <laughs> Get back to us in the 1980s. <laughs> Honestly, that's that's my hope. Um, I'll use my car phone. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, just got to crank it up first. Richter, uh, what do you think you've done to try and make Adrian more comfortable while he was uh, passed out? I put the blanket on him. I, okay. I, I popped the trunk and found uh, 
one of those old like they're, they're like rough blankets, but yeah, like, yeah, that's the what they're good for. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. keep them in your car. They're like there's no, you it's don't, a car blanket. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I, I kind of bundle him up in that and uh, make sure that he's yeah he's comfortable. Cool. Um, so yes, Adrian, you wake up to Sprinkles um, and uh, the two of them. Do you think you remember much about your visions prior to passing out? Yeah, I th- well, I think it's like it slowly comes back to me, kind of. Because it's the same thing as like coming out of anesthetic, where you're like, I'm in a new foggy world. What's going on? I have a, a cat to pet. This is nice. Uh, and then I just start like rejourneying through the visions that I saw beforehand. Because I think he has very little memory of like. He doesn't remember necessarily like what things mean or because he's missing that kind of like whole early stretch of his life that contextualizes a lot of things. But these memories are clean because they make sense in a weird way inside his brain. Like, right. He can sort of build a narrative around them and it's his emotions attached to the memory that he remembers as a kid. So it Mm. makes more like gut check sense to him. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, so it's very scary, uh, and he's just kind of sitting there, and then he's petting sprinkles, and then he's just his brow furrows, and he's starting to like work through things. He's like, "That was, that was bad. What happened to the church was bad, and you did good." And I point to Grandpa Richard. And you, can I have that ring again? Hmm. Okay. She's going to take the ring and give it to him. Yeah, so I look at the ring, and I look back at Red, and I say, Red, I think I need you to teach me how to kill people. <laughs> oh, sweetie. Uh, Richter will step out of the car and actually walk back to the church for a, a hot minute, but mostly to give these two their Sure, their, sure. There's their moment. Why do I need to teach you how to kill people? Because everybody who uses this symbol, and I, like, show the ring, and then I put it on so I'll, like, remember what the symbol looks like, we, we need to kill all of them. Instantly, her mind flashes to the scar in Richard's palm. Um, I don't necessarily think that's correct. Why would you say a thing like that? Because they're... Bad. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who burned down a church, and they it's Sally's mom was hurting her, just like the other baghead skeleton. And they they're using blood, and people didn't want it, and then they all died in a fire because there was an important man who people listened to who was bad. And all of them are why I'm stupid, and they're why everything Shh. is scary. And Eddie? that's why we kill them. It's okay. Okay. Pet your cat. And listen to me, okay? Okay. What happened in this church... I really didn't expect to be having this conversation today. What happened in this church was a very bad thing. And a lot of people were killed. And I'm sorry that you had to see all of these visions, real or not. I didn't see anything, and I heard... I heard some things that I really wish I had not. However, just because people may or may not bear this symbol does not mean that they deserve to be killed. Do you, ha- you have to understand me on this before Richter comes back. Richter, you are standing outside the church and you still have the headache. Mm-hmm. But looking down, um, all the scars in your hand, pretty much the second you cross the threshold... 
um, have sealed back up. And what was strange is you found the blood was still on your hand, but you were able to kind of wipe it off. So you've got this sort of old scars now. Um, I think maybe as, as a man of experiments and science, every time you step a little bit closer to the church, they get a little fresher. Okay. Um, but it's, it's just an odd phenomenon you're observing. Then uh, I want to go as far as I have to to get my hand bleeding again in the symbol of the... Sure. So that's like, the symbol. so as they continue their conversation, you kind of walk in a daze towards the crater, uh, back to the car. But the, the people who use the symbol are the ones who are killing everyone and making spooky ghosts and they hurt Benny and they killed Sally and they killed your parents and they killed my parents. I'm aware of what happened. But they killed them. It wasn't just a fire. Are you talking about some kind of cult? Yes. <laughs> Do you know what a cult is? I was say. No. <laughs> okay, never mind. I'll retract like that. A, like a club? It's like a gang. Kind of like a kind of like a gang. Yes, yes, they're a bad gang. A bad gang. They wore white things on their faces and mm-hmm. they kept yelling rejoice and, and, and they they had the spooky symbol is is bad. We should kill them. Right. You know how sometimes we would bring people into our underground home and talk to them yes. a bit before they ceased existing. Yes. So perhaps if we find people who use that symbol, we should talk to them first. So we, we punchy talk. Perhaps. And then I kill them. Richter, you step into the, the crater again. And I think each time you do this, it, it, it's, it's easier and easier to slip into these, these feelings. Um, so your hand is bleeding again, and you, you kind of stand in front of the crater where you, you seem to remember. And it's one of those things where like you're standing a certain way, and then you actually adjust your footwork. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, that's not right. Oh, it, it was here. Yes, hmm. yes. Good, good. Um, and you... Your hand is, is 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 pulsing and hurting, and you you seem to just remember uh, thinking the words "Here goes everything," and then extraordinary pain, and then your memories have been uh, more jumbled ever since. It's it's never the world was never entirely clear for Richter, but it's been less clear since then. And I think you have in- incredible clarity about whatever you're focused on, but it's harder and harder to link those pieces together. Um. But you also don't feel at home here. You don't right. feel comfortable here. Um, and I think... Uh, can you roll me a history check? Uh, regular success. Regular success. Um, your memory, unlike these two who are children, your memory pre-church, it's foggy, but it's not entirely gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you have glimpses again of, of the various times you've seen this place, but also you, you don't have many memories of being in here. Right. Um, but as you stand over the crater, you realize you do have a memory of being in that room downstairs. Okay. You don't remember what happened. You just, it's, you know, sometimes you walk into a place Mm -hmm. and you're like, like, this is a, a terrible Toronto theater example, but, um, a friend of mine was in a, 
I forget, it was like a Chinese restaurant or something. And then he's like, oh, I used to snort Coke over there because it was an after-hours bar for a long time. And then he got turned into a restaurant. He was very confused. So it's that kind of vibe. We're just like, wait a minute. Yeah. Mm. I used to snort Coke down there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You used to snort cult down there. Um, All right. So back in the car, um, Red and um, Adrian, um, I think... Richter kind of starts to come back and still staring at his hand. I want to send a message. Um, I ball my hand into a fist, kind of get the blood Mm -hmm. beating up through the knuckles, spaces between my fingers, and I walk out of that house, and I slap my hand on the outside of the chapel. I pull it away, and it's a red handprint with the symbol on the palm. Mm. Um, Over one of the painted, first painted ones? Yeah, the ones that were... Recently Fuck, man, painted. that is fucking awesome. Yeah. I'm giving you one point of inspiration <laughs> for being a stone cold badass. <laughs> Seven year old stone cold badass. Um, Richter, you see this happen, um, and I think you can kind of make out a vaguely bloody, smudgy version of of the symbol. Sorry, do you of. mean me? Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I'm saying Richter. I'm looking at Adrian. Adrian, um, you can see, um, you kind of see him do it. And I think you can see enough to notice that the symbol is printed there in blood. Do I see this as well? Yes, totally. You, it's one of those things where like you're about to talk him down, yeah. and then you just hear outside, and it's you know record I, scratch. I put my hand on your shoulder. This doesn't make sense. It will. Because he used a boom hand on Sally's mom and made a bunch of red water come out. Mm-hmm. So he's not bad because Sally didn't want to wear a mask. And that's what I'm saying. We can't just go killing everybody who has that symbol, okay? I know I already talked to Richter. And as far as I can tell, he's not involved in this in any sort of evil capacity. So we just proceed like everything is normal for now because as far as I am aware, unless I have a ghost standing right in front of me, everything is normal. So, so Grandpa Richard... Is the exception yes. to the rule. Yes. Everybody else, punch, talk, yes. then kill. Perhaps. Uh, I, I'm confused again. <laughs> um, <laughs> Richter, you reach the car and um, you're actually kind of surprised to find your headache is gone. Mm. Um, and um, I think just kind of as you kind of put one foot up on the the sort of see the hilt of the car, Jesus, um, <laughs> up on the uh, the runner of the car, um, you take a, a, like a deep breath in, uh, and you realize that you don't smell anything, that you don't smell ash, you just smell the the sort of clean wet air of, of fresh rain. Okay. Uh, and then you you get into the car, and in a completely tone deaf attempt to kind of ease the tension and get us back on track. I'll kind of like, like drum my fingers along the, the back seat or something like that and be like, okay, let's uh, hit the road, uh, kids. Do you want to not get blood in my friend's car? Ah, look at this. It's gone. It's true. The closer I get, the markings come back, they become fresh cuts again. As I leave, they close up. It's remarkable. So I, this is just Red's worst day. <laughs> Adrian just picks up Mr. S- like picks up sprinkles in one hand and puts another hand on Grandpa Richard's shoulder. And he, you're a good man, and you try to save Sally. You're a good man. Uh, and then I just like get out 
and go around to the front. And I mean, probably when I get out, the whole car shifts because terrible yeah. suspension <laughs> and I'm very heavy. Um, so sorry, you're going to the front seat? Yeah, I'll go to the driver's yeah, seat because cool. I got to drive. Yeah. Um, Richter, I don't think you remember consciously saving Sally. And also, Sally is gone. So yeah, um, I don't. But I you think do, I chalk that up as, to Addy getting confused. Yeah, but I think as as he says that you do remember the desire to save her and rushing towards her and just again opening up. I think it becomes clear to you that now you also remember firing, like emptying your chamber, mm-hmm. um, and then you remember Sally falling backwards. And even though it doesn't make any sense to you, you could fucking swear you saw an arm pull her down. Uh, I'm going to cost you two sanity and give you two mythos. So raise your rank in mythos by two and lose two sanity, please. Um, so um, having kind of recovered a little bit, um, the um, are you going to tr- attempt the Corbett House tonight or do you think that's a tomorrow I think I'm back to taking orders, so I'm just like I've got sprinkles and I'm like, where do we go? When I say it's the evening, it's like seven p.m. Like it's not like you know, spooky midnight. In, okay, so I mean, in Red's mind, she's just like, let's get this shit done. Dope. Um, I've had enough. This is ridiculous. We've come back to this stupid town for this stupid church. You know, people are seeing anything, and like, let's just get this. Well, this is great. Punched. That means we don't need to pause and then hit our like, uh, you know. Elder Scrolls timer thing until midnight or it's the just, next day. We just play Careless Whisper. Yeah. I mean, we don't have the rights, but spiritually it'll yeah. be that. Um, so, uh, Adrian, you you floor it, and um, the car shoots off towards uh, the corporate house. Can um, we make Vaughn stop at my place? I want to get my shotgun. Yes. Careless Whisper suddenly has like guitar, <laughs> like metal riffs under it. I got to do the knockoff where we don't follow the note progression. Yeah, that's right. um, so um, I think in classic like Shaun of the Dead style montage, like it's just like foot to the floor, pedal, zoom, Adrian, door, <laughs> like Richter awkwardly stumble walking to the door, yeah. door slam, quick cup of tea, shotgun, shells, <laughs> red, like- just like frustratingly sitting there in <laughs> yeah. real time. Like everyone else is going in like <laughs> fast zoom in. She's just like angrily polishing her guns. <laughs> yeah. Um, back in Tyler, you had a thing you want to drop in this. Oh, just like topping up some bird food, <laughs> 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 leaving for the night. Bird food. Stop to make your bed. Forgot to do that. That's awkward. Arrange your robe and slippers for tomorrow. A quick bit of toast. <laughs> Shotgun <laughs> out the door. Uh, zoom in on sprinkles. Licking his ass. <laughs> Everybody gets in the car. Um, pedal to the metal, and um, you you head to the Corbett House. So Corbett House is oddly in a newer part of town. There's office buildings kind of all around it. Newer newer buildings. Um, when I say office buildings, though, don't think like towers. Think more like a Dunder Mifflin height. Industrial park, so it's like a three, four level building, uh, but tucked away in between a couple, kind of very innocuously, is um, kind of a, a beautiful old house um, that is kind of like aggressively not of the style of everything around it in kind of an up esque way. Uh, if you live in Toronto, it's that uh, weird like crystal emporium that refused to get torn down that was part of the Honest Ed's complex. They're going to build a giant new building around a cranky old person's house. Nice. Pretty great. Um, So that's kind of what you're looking at. Um, It's, it is the evening now. Um, The, uh, the rain has gotten heavier. 
but it's certainly not it's not a huge pain in the ass but it is certainly um inconvenient inconvenient yes so um it's a the corporate house is a, a sort of a brick building uh, that seems to front onto the street uh, you can see that around it um it, it isn't well kept uh there's uh, sort of um overgrown plants uh there's a half collapsed arbor in the back um i think just to save time if you do a quick kind of reconnaissance around the building, you can uh, see that there is uh, there is an entrance at the back uh, as well as sort of the front door. Uh, the front door is on a porch with kind of a nice overhang. But again, everything's everything's a little worn. Um, it's beautifully made, but clearly uh, has not been uh, inhabited in some time. Um, it's kind of uh, a little bit further back. It was from a time when there were a lot of lawns in this part of town. So it's actually kind of buried in shadow, um, sort of between these two buildings. Um, and as you approach kind of uh, checking around the, the front door, um, you can see that uh, it appears to actually have several locks. Uh, there's like sort of a standard lock, but then there appear to be four more that have been bolted on. Um, and Kenneth not give me one key? Yes. That piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. Um, And uh, just to the left of the the front door, there seems to be um, just kind of a a kind of half-rotten wood sign um, that uh, you you can see sort of the letters M-A-C-R, and uh, the rest of it seems faded and forgotten. Um, So what do you do? So... Red, you gotta go in uh, alone first, right? Because you're a a lady. This is some weird kind of reverse sexism going in on here. Do you want me to break the door for you? Break the door down, please. I would like to break the door down, Tom. All right. Uh, Let's roll a... Some kind of strengthy-based check. I was gonna say, we could just roll strength if you want. Um, or we could roll brawl yeah, if yeah, we want to use fighting no, skills. Yeah, it's uh, let's just roll strength. Sure. Yeah, this is just a big yeah, guy just, booting just, a door. My uh, apologies to Mister Knot. Realistically, I forget that there are just straight characteristics yeah. that are also yeah. statistical in this. So fucking sure, it's a hard success with my hard boot. Nice. Um, <laughs> so Richter goes up, puts the key in the first lock, turns it, is like fucking Kenneth Knot, and then you just boot past him. <laughs> uh, and the door cracks on its its old hinges. And uh, it's not so much that you boot the door in as you boot the frame in. So door and frame crack and collapse inward. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Tyler Hewitt just coming at you with a little special offer for you. You know, if you're a fan of uh, what we're doing here on the show, then we have, to borrow a phrase from Jerry Holkins, a patron-oriented experience tailored just for you. If you go to patreon.com slash dice, you can sign up and get a bunch of special features that we're not really going to make available to anyone else. So do that now. Well, not right now, but, you know. Ah. And then I'll take a step back and just with like a gentle hand guide Grandpa Richard back a step with me for Red to go in. Danke, Yagadi. Beautiful. Thank you kindly. Okay. Um, All right. So you are, Red, you are looking down a long hallway. Um, Again, the the air is is musty. it's uh, 
it's that kind of horrible stillness that only exists in a, a place that truly hasn't been disturbed in some time. Um, you can see kind of like dust motes in the air, uh, and it is dark. Uh, I'm going to assume you guys have flashlights. That seems yeah. like a Richter, a Richter yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. I feel um, like we would have stopped those. at his house. I feel like uh, if we smash cut back to like you getting back in the car after the montage, it was like, a, it's been a while because you had toast and tea. B, it's like shotgun, bag of random mm-hmm. hunter gear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think generally the way I'd like to treat gear in this is if it seems like a logical thing you would have, tell me why. And then you could probably just have it. And if I, not, I would, I'll make you pay for it. I'd say we probably also have a couple of gas cans in the trunk, because if we did decide we were going to torch this place, we yeah. would have equipped ourselves to do so. Oh, and uh, I would have asked you to get a shovel from whatever workyard you have. Oh, yeah. You're probably carrying that then. I'll hand, yep. I'll hand that to you. <laughs> I have a gun in one hand and a shovel in the other. <laughs> and a flashlight in your mouth. Yeah. Oh, that's I'll true. I'll hold the flashlight. I... No, oh, you're, I'm not, not you're going not coming in, in with you. Um, I'll hold it from the doorway and be like, this is all you get. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, okay, that's a fair point. I think, um, yeah, I'll have a shovel in one hand and the flashlight in the other. And my gun's at my hips. All right. Um, okay, so let me see how I want to describe this. This is what we normally edit, beep, boop. Uh, all right, so... Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought you were going for the X-Men theme for a second. Yeah, I was like, oh, bold choice. If we merge those two together, we could legally use it. Careless X-Men. Cool. So, yeah, long hallway, red. And I'm sorry, refresh my memory on the lights. She's got a flashlight in hand. Flashlight in hand. So are you doing gun flashlight or uh, flashlight shovel? and shovel? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Because I have no way of attaching the shovel to my body, I don't think. No. Also, I mean, a shovel's still a good weapon if you need it. Exactly. And, and in the back of my mind, she's like, well, if I do encounter a ghost, chances are I'm not going to be able to shoot it. I mean, you speak the truth. Um, <laughs> but bludgeoning damage from a shovel. Now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on the left-hand side of this hallway, there are three doors. On the right, there are two with a long spell of uh, sort of wall between them. Um, the Directly to your right are double doors. Mm-hmm. So on kind of long wall, uh, mm-hmm. double doors. Uh, the others are all single doors. Um, from where you can stand at the far end, you can see kind of a gap that seems to lead to some stairs. Um, stairs up or stairs down? Both. You can mm-hmm. see stairs leading up and down. Um, so it seems basement and, and second floor. Um, you can see kind of uh, glinting uh, as you, you kind of pan your um, uh, flashlight across. Um, there seemed to be some kind of like uh, some artwork hung on the wall. Um, the wallpaper is uh, sort of a, a pink and purple stripe pattern um, that, uh, that seems fairly, uh, fairly new, although grimy, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So it's impeccable, uh, as though someone had done it recently. You assume the, the Macrios probably... Because it's only been, what, three years? Yeah, yeah. And also you get the sense they didn't spend a lot of time in the house. So yeah. it seems like the kind of thing they did before they fled. You hear absolutely nothing. Well, we're getting this done, so I'm going to the basement on a hunch. Okay, so you begin making your way towards the stairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adrian and Richter, what are you doing? I think Red begins to advance down the hallway. I think this is maybe heroic show-off kicking in again, but I don't think Richter can wait outside 
I think he's got to get in there too. Okay. So um, I, I I would like to try to restrain Grandpa Richard. <laughs> Red said she's going alone. I got to follow the boss. Man, I really liked Red. Uh, okay, so um, Ryan, can you roll me, I guess, a strength check? Um, and Tyler, I'll get you to roll me an opposed either con or dex. Actually, I would also take... Si- oh, no, you're about the same size. Oh, I can't take size. I'm, honestly, you could probably also use intelligence if you could talk me into this being a good idea. Uh, yeah, me but down. I mean, I have, a, I have a thought, so do what you're going to do and then... I rolled pretty high. How about you? I got a regular success in strength. I got regular in intelligence, if that's what we're doing here. Um, Yep. Uh, Give me those actual percentages if you can. 78. Uh, 64 out of 95. Uh, Ryan takes it with a lower roll. Mm. Uh, So, uh, Grandpa Richard, you are hoisted into the air. Not so fast, you grandpa. Can I hear this? Yes, he's not yeah, just Okay, I'm going to turn <laughs> like, around. I'm going to walk straight in there and... Is all you hear? Yeah, you I imagine it. just your, your like spindly Jack <laughs> yeah, Skellington just legs. Just by like, like my armpits in the coat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, and he's got the collar up over my head. <laughs> Boys, don't you, fight, please. We're not, we're not fighting. We're following fighting? the plan. We're not fighting. Yeah, we're friends. Please put him down. Okay, uh, and, but I keep my grip on his coat and like his belt, so I set him down, but he still can't walk. Richter, are you going to cause a fuss if you can't come in? I, uh, I mean, maybe I will. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I really want to see the Corbett House. Maybe I think this is a team job for the mystery punches. Fine, Adrian, let him go. Okay, and I let him go. This ghost is going to be mad, though. Yes, he probably will be. But apparently that is a chance we are all willing to take. Okay, uh, should I go in? Yes, you can come in now. Okay. So, Richter, I assume basically the minute you're released, you you stride across the threshold. Yeah. Um, so you you meet up with Red. Um, what's your kind of... <laughs> this is a fucking such a D&D term, but it makes sense here. What's your marching order? So, like, Red's up front with the shovel and the mm-hmm. flashlight. You're coming in. You, you have your shotgun up, your flashlight. What's going on? Just my flashlight right now. Okay. Um, and then, uh, Adrian, um, after you get the, the go-ahead, um, you cross the threshold, and as you do, you hear the windows rattle a little bit. This place sucks. <laughs> it's probably just the rain. That is, is not the rain. <laughs> we I... should not underestimate this presence. Listen, Red, you know I am physically uncomfortable disagreeing with you, but <laughs> I think Grandpa's got it. All right, so um, as you group up, uh, you begin working your way towards the basement stairs. Is that correct? Yes. Cool. Um, so as you kind of pass the doors um, to your right, um, the doors are open just slightly, um, and you can kind of see a living room as you pass. Um, the doors on the left seem to lead to storage of some sort, um, because they're closed, you can't really tell, but the room seems small enough in passing that, um, they aren't, um, yeah, they, they don't seem like large rooms, they just seem like kind of where you'd store stuff. Um, the third one is a mud room, um, that you can see that that's where the, the back entrance leads, um, 
there are, uh, you know, uh, the, that door is wide open. You can see hats and coats and that sort of thing. Um, the side door is secured with three bolts and two locks. So it has similar um, mechanics to the front door. Um, the second door on the long, long wall is the kitchen. Um, you can just kind of see inside. Uh, the door is, is only slightly ajar, so you'd have to actually go in to see. But from where you're standing, you can see it's a fairly conventional kitchen. There's a wood stove. Um, yeah, and there's like a table. Uh, you can smell food that seems to have gone off a little bit. I was going to say, Red, I'll take this shovel from you so that you can free up a gun. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Such a gentleman. <laughs> All right, so that leads us to the stairs. That's correct? Yes. Cool. Um, so as you reach the, the stairs leading down, uh, you can see, again, it's it's very dark uh, downstairs. Um as you reach the stairs, you think you hear a creak upstairs. So to your left are the stairs that go up into the second floor. Uh, to your right are the stairs going down to the basement. It sounds like the kind of noise, I think Red, particularly from your experience, it's the sound of someone who stepped on a creaky floorboard while sneaking and is sheepish about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that implies something physical, which means something that she can shoot. <laughs> so she's going to go up the stairs. All right, you guys follow, I assume? I, I do, automatically. Red's the bones are, are most likely downstairs. I yes, give him the shovel. <laughs> there's a devil of some kind upstairs, so we're going to go see it. I will heroically show off and march down those stairs. Yep, all right. So, uh... <laughs> well, that was nice knowing you, Richter. I didn't want to let him inside. So, um, Red and um, Adrian, you make your way upstairs. Um, the stairs are very creaky, each one. It's just like in an entirely quiet house full of presumably spooky things. It is literally hell walking up these stairs because every single one of them just groans and squeaks under under your feet. Um when you arrive on uh, the sort of the landing, um, there is a bathroom directly to your right. Um, it looks just kind of like a small standard bathroom. There's a bathtub, a sink. Um, there's a toilet with an overhead tank. You can see some kind of ratty towels and things scattered around. Um, and the bathtub seems to have a uh, sort of a, a pool of brackish water in it, and uh, the tap is dripping uh, ceaselessly. But there's no one visible in the bathroom. No, it is an empty bathroom. Great, we move on. Excellent. Uh, you make your way down the hall. Um, the second floor, similar to the first floor, uh, is sort of a long hallway. Um, you can tell just kind of from the way it's laid out that um, there are three bedrooms, um, sort of a long wall with three doors uh, on the other side, long wall with uh, three windows that kind of look out over the, the yard. Um, so you approach the first bedroom. Come out, come out, whoever you are. Uh, there's no response. So the first bedroom, uh, how, how does Red uh, like examine doors? Is it like a boot? Scan the room with the gun, boot, scan the door. Is it like the... No. Are you resident evil like... Yeah, she's not... A, <laughs> she's She doesn't go for brute strength um, unless the door is locked, in which case Adrian goes for brute strength. So I think she just opens the door, gun in hand. 
Okay. So I guess I'm the flashlight guy then. Yeah. The flashlight and shovel guy. I gave the shovel to Grandpa. So oh, just shit. flashlight. The I have flashlight t- guy. I have two flashlights. Fists. You have fists. Yeah. So um, the door creaks open, um, and you see a uh, sort of a, um, a moderately sized bedroom, um, but it seems uh, kind of uh, sparse to your eye. It doesn't seem to have been decorated very much. Uh, there's a bed frame with bare bed springs, um, a dresser, sort of a single chair. Um, you get the sense that this might have been a spare bedroom or um, some manner of guest room, maybe. Um, as you kind of, um, look around, um, the, you start to hear dripping, um, similar to what you heard, uh, from the bathroom, uh, and your eyes are drawn to the ceiling where a patch of blood is slowly expanding, um, dripping down directly onto the floor. Uh, go ahead and roll me a sanity check, please. And I want to roll below. Yes, that's correct. Oh, I rolled very much below. I, uh, my sanity is 73 and I rolled a 26. Excellent. Uh, so you will take... Red is very used to blood. <laughs> you think there's a corpse in the attic. Exactly. Well, literally, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, you'll take three points of sanity damage as you realize there is no attic. Oh, no. <laughs> um, well, that is peculiar. Uh, Adrian, you have a bad feeling about this room. I, I don't like this room. Neither do I, sweetheart. Neither do I. The, um, dresser at the far end, um, you hear kind of a slow agonizing creak as the, uh, top drawer slowly pushes itself out and then falls clattering to the ground. I would like to close this door, please, Red. We can close it. I close the door. Um, What's as, in the dresser? As soon as you do, um, alarmingly quickly, you just hear like uh, the sounds of the drawers just like flying out of uh, the dresser and slamming. Um, and then you hear kind of like a as the, um, the entire dresser falls over. I would either like to go to the basement to break a skeleton or I would like to leave, please, and burn the house. <laughs> Whoever you are, we're not scared of you. You hear a voice that says, from inside, that says, please help. From inside where? The bedroom. And where are you exactly? Please. I'm inside. Inside the dresser, help. Can I examine the dresser? Uh, You're currently outside with the door closed. Oh, sorry. I thought we were still in the room. No, we didn't go in. (laughs) Oh, we didn't go in. No. This oh. was like from the door frame. What kind of dresser is it? Uh, it looks like a, sort of a, a one of those like massive old wooden, like an armoire wooden. kind of thing, or uh, yeah, like a top half armoire, bottom half dresser drawers. So like something that somebody could conceivably be in. Yes. Oh god, damn it. Okay. I- um. Now I need you to listen to my very explicit instructions here, Adrian. Okay. Please ready your punch and fists. Yeah, it's, they're always ready. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna open the door. Okay. And we're gonna look inside the dresser. What if we don't? Could we not? <laughs> I need you to be brave for me. Okay. 
You were always very brave. I, okay, okay. So we're going to open the door and you're going to look in the dresser and yes. then what? And then if I tell you to, yep. we're going to punch it. The dresser? <laughs> <laughs> you said I had to be very you said explicit. If there is someone in the dresser. I'm punching. I'm punching them. We're going to punch him. What if it's a ghost? Well, then we're going to have ourselves a fun time. Like a party? <laughs> like a birthday party. Okay, so we'll do some dancing and there will be a cake. Hopefully the yes. ghost brought it. Yes. Okay, I can do this. Okay. I'm going to open the door now. <laughs> okay. I'm going to open the door. You open the door and uh, the dresser is back upright. All the drawers are back inside. Um, but now it is next to the window. And the bed is in a different corner. Of course it is. And the blood is pooling on the floor instead of the ceiling. It's dripping up. Oh, I'm really <laughs> starting to dislike this day. Okay, go look in the dresser. Or we could leave. We're going to go to the basement. <laughs> she closes the door. Oh, this is a way better. The second the blood just started defying the laws of physics... She's done. She's going to the basement. So I'm going to follow you, but I'm just along the way. I'm like, hey, listen, I understand about the basement, but what if we just leave and burn the house down? I just want to burn the house down. Uh, the second you close the door, uh, you hear the window shatter. Okay, we made the right call. <laughs> Whoever left, left out the window. I'm sure they did. Uh, yeah, she's going downstairs. She's downstairs. Yeah, great. So... Um, you guys uh, quickly begin to book it downstairs, but let's find out what's been happening down there mm-hmm. while well, you've been up here. <laughs> Grandpa Richard, your blood is dripping <laughs> upwards <laughs> from your corpse. Um, so <laughs> you find yourself inside a chest of drawers. <laughs> <laughs> you um, you make your way to um, the stairs, um, and as you begin to make your way down, uh, the stairs kind of come to a landing. Um, but what's odd is there's actually a locked door. On the landing, uh, it seems to have been installed later. It's clearly kind of a hack job. I uh, get the sense that uh, maybe Mrs. Macrios built it. Well, I'm gonna try Knot's uh, key. Um, you hold the lock. You hold the key. I'm like, there's no fucking way. No. But when you click it in, it fits. Uh, the lock swings open, and you're able to make your way down. Um, it is real fucking dark. Um, the electricity doesn't work. You flick the, the switch, um, but there's, there's absolutely nothing. Um, and, um, you, uh, you, you've got your flashlight out though, right? Yes. So you're able to see, okay. Um, the lamp from the landing with the, the additional door, uh, it was kind of a right turn and then descending into darkness. So, um, go ahead. Um, the stairs look pretty solid. Um, so you begin kind of making your way down, but, uh, I'm going to need you to roll me either a dex or a climb roll. Well, that'll be dex then. Wow. I'm just rolling garbage. Um, so that's 96, which I think is another fumble. It is. Um, as you begin to make your way down the stairs, uh, again, they look very solid. Um, you're, you're spotting it with your flashlight. Um, it's, you know, everything is where it should be. Um, but as you place your foot on one, it suddenly leans forward. 
Uh, and as you stumble, um, as your, your footing is completely thrown out from under you, um, you reach for the banister. The banister collapses under your weight. Um, and you put a foot forward for a step that is suddenly no longer there. Mm. Uh, and you crash uh, awkwardly down the stairs. So you'll take four points of damage. Uh, and the stairs behind you, you kind of look back in, in sort of horror and pain, uh, flashing your flashlight across the steps. Um, and they're all exactly where you thought they were uh, and where they should be. Um, you are in a smallish room um, scattered with uh, essentially standard basement garbage. There's um, tools, there's pipe, you see a trash can lid, uh, some lumber, some nails, some screws, and so on and so forth. This might be where uh, Mrs. Macarios kept all of her, her gear. Um, you, again, like the air is stale down here. Um, it's uh, nothing seems to be moving. Um, that said, um, can you roll a, can you roll a listen check, please? That is a skill in here, right? Somewhere? Yep. Yeah, great. I'm a pretty good listener. Uh, regular success. Success? Okay. Um, you think for a second uh, you hear a skittering sound uh, in the wall, uh, and you wonder if uh, perhaps there are rats. Hmm. So what would you like to do as you kind of get up and dust yourself off from your, your tumble? I, I take my falling down the stairs and turning around and seeing that the stairs are just fine and that I shouldn't have really fallen as a sign that I am heading in the right direction. Can I go even further down? Is, uh, you is, are at the bottom of the stairs now. You're in this, this small room. Right. And from this room, does it, are there any other doors? Uh, there are not. Um, can you roll me a spot hidden though, please? Not great. I'll spend luck to bring that 81 down to a 70. Okay. Um, even though the world kind of operates a little bit differently for Richter, um, spatially, this is a small room. And the, the, the house is much longer than this. So mm -hmm. you suspect that there might be more to this room than meets the eye. Okay. I'm going to start... Um I'll uh, I'll keep the I'll keep the flashlight in one hand, and I'm just gonna start uh, tapping the tip of the shovel. Mm -hmm. um, or no, I'll, I'll turn around. And actually, have the the just the nub end of, sure. of yep. the shovel, uh, and I'm just gonna start rapping on the walls. I want to listen for a hollow sound. Totally. So, um, the walls are, uh, closely pressed boards. Mm. Um, and yes, as you tap, um, you begin to kind of tap around the walls and first it's a very sort of thick, heavy sound. Mm -hmm. uh, but then sure enough, as you kind of tap along one of them, um, it rings much more hollow and you hear an, a, a lot more skittering. Okay. Um, I'd like to, uh, set the flashlight down at the other end of the small room. I know it's mm -hmm. small, but basically just on like a utility shelf or something like that um, to just illuminate this wall. And I want to start feeling around for um, a switch or pressing or finding a hinge or any kind of relief in the wall. Um, okay. So 
you don't actually feel any of that. Uh, it looks like everything has been nailed in. Mm. Um, but you think using the shovel, you could probably pry the, the boards That'd away. That would be my next step. I also think, given that you listened for the rats and you heard them, if you kind of like smash the shovel against the wall a couple times, it'll make a lot of noise, but might also scare them off. Yeah. Um, so what is your what is your next move? Um, yeah, I think I'm going to tear into that wall cool. as best I can. Um, so you, you smack the, the broad head of the shovel against the, the wall a little bit. You hear some skittering and some, some angry chittering and, uh, sounds like the rats are fleeing. Uh, and then you begin to kind of crack, uh, the board off. Um, and as you kind of dig the head of the shovel into the wall and begin to pry, you can feel the boards are solid, but they are starting to give way. Mm. Um, and that's when suddenly there's a piercing pain in your shoulder as a knife buries itself up to the hilt, uh, you will take uh, three points of damage. And Red and um, Adrian, you appear at the top of the stairs uh, to see a blade fly through the air and bury itself in Richter's back. This episode of the Mythos Mysteries features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, and Keeper Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited by Ryan LaPlante, and the Mythos Mysteries show logo was created by Decapitated Marker at Decapitated Marker on Twitter. That's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are Dark Alleys and Sentinel by Kai Engel, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, and all of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. All hail the mythos. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Joshua White, Olin Anderson, Sue One, Devin Boyce, George Dolby, One True Artistry, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them and a little bit of thanks to you the fable and folly network where fiction producers flourish this is yanni and welcome to season two of harlem queen thank you for listening the season picks up with the search for Michelle. You are listening to the Floyd J. Calvin program. And now, straight to the headlines. Manhattan debutante and socialite Michelle Mondesir has been kidnapped from her Connecticut boarding school. There is a tri-state search for Mademoiselle Mondesir, who is 15 years of age, Caucasian, and was last seen yesterday evening going to her dormitory. Stephanie is frantic. 
and she risks all in order to find her missing daughter. We will find Michelle. There are troopers all along the New Jersey and Pennsylvania highways. That's not enough. Madame Stephanie St. Clair posted a $10,000 reward for information that leads to the safe return of Ms. Mondesir. You need to take down your reward, Stephanie. I will not. Those no-good couples are already saying she's dead. The connection between the debutante and the numbers queen is unclear. And Stephanie still has to contend with Luciano and Schultz plotting to push her out of her own turf. Word on the street is that it's Schultz. Who cares about a lost colored girl? This one is white. Fifth Avenue debutant, a lot of money, well connected. And I want to find out why Stephanie is so fixated on the girl. Stephanie is highly invested in her safe return. What do you need me to do? I need you to cheese it. What about Sinclair? You tried to clip her twice. Is she pushing up daisies? No. We're going to get her another way. Even Halstein is suspicious. Is he truly a friend or a foe? She's putting herself behind the eight ball. There's something more there, and I need to find out. In the meantime, someone has to earn the money she's deciding not to earn. You have no power in this case, Stephanie. In fact, you're a liability. I will do everything in my power to get her home safe and sound. Listen up for season two. Harlem Queen is a recipient of the Lower Manhattan Cultural Council's Creative Engagement Grant. And once we all get through this safe and sound, we will have a live radio show of Harlem Queen this fall. More episodes to come. Take good care and stay well. (laughs) Ha 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 ha!